Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What's up, Browns fans? Welcome to your weekend bonus content. Uh, Apologies for not anything truly fresh, as we were not able to get any interviews set up. Uh, We had one cancellation before before the weekend here, so nothing truly fresh. But I did want to get this interview in with Brad Ward on his channel, All Eyes on Cleveland. Brad does a great job uh, with his with his YouTube channel and podcast, which is through Blue Wire Hustle, which is a branch of us here at Blue Wire. So. I uh, wanted to give you an opportunity, if you have not had an opportunity, to listen to Brad's pod uh, my interview here, which I think is really good on the evolution of Kevin Stefanski and the Browns' offense this year. Tons of good insights on where my thought processes are, so I wanted to uh, give you a chance to listen to it. If you haven't, if you've already listened to it, sorry, nothing fresh this weekend, uh, but we'll be back Monday with some fresh content or Sunday night uh, with some fresh content for you, but... Uh, yeah, if you didn't get a chance to listen, I think this is a really good one. And please subscribe to Brad's podcast, All Eyes on Cleveland, if you can and are willing. We appreciate that. Uh, let's get over to that interview right now. Let's uh, dive into the topic tonight, which I think is a great one and one that is perfect for you, sir, as you probably have a grasp of the Browns offense better than anybody that I could think of. Uh, so let's uh, let's bring up some some stuff here and talk. Uh, 2021 evolution of the Browns offense. So what made me think of this and in this topic was a quote from the great Kevin Stefanski uh, at the end of the regular season, right uh, right after uh, the season ended, I believe is when this quote uh, he was on a video call with local reporters as you can see, Uh, and uh, the quote reads, we have to, as coaches, really pull this thing apart and find ways to improve schematically, he said Tuesday in a video call with local reporters. We have to evolve, and I think that has been a big part of our process to date. I think also as coaches, we have to get better. I have to be a better coach next year for this team, and that is my goal. Uh, so when I read this immediately, I think of, okay, you know, this guy was fantastic with the offense, uh, you know, installing through zoom, he gets a full year now, uh, they'll be on the grass at some point here. I mean, they're not yet, but they will, uh, and he'll have a lot more time to implement what he wants this off season. What, what do you take away from this quote when you first read it, Jake? You, you want to hear your coaches always wanting to evolve. There is no stagnation in the NFL. There is a baseline for what you do, who you are uh, from an identity perspective. You know, we're a, we're a wide zone running team and we branch everything off of that. Uh, you want to have a bread and butter. I think you always should be trying to make sure that you have a base base part of your offense. I think that's important because that's what your guys are good at. And when times get tough, it's something you can go to. But you want your coach to have a willingness to evolve, peel back not just uh, schematic stuff that you can change, tweak, alter, enhance, but also your tendencies. Because more than anything, Brad, in the NFL, a lot of schemes matriculate around the NFL. A lot of teams run a form of the wide zone offense, whether it's through the Kubiak tree or whether it's through uh, you know the Shanahan tree updating all the way back to you know Papa Shanahan and all that. It's 
it's not a secret. Like this, the system has been around for a long time. It's sort of what you do to combat teams that have answers to take it away. And I think that's the chess match that Kevin is always trying to make sure that he is able to uh, manipulate and stay one step out in front of. So, you know, when he talks about changing, peeling back, whatever he wants to, the phrase he wants to use, he's he's not saying I want to change who we are identity-wise. He's just saying that we need to peel back our tendencies, figure out ways in which teams have figured us out, right, and figure out ways that we can alter some of our base stuff to make it more advantageous, more balanced, uh, those sorts of things. Every coaching staff does this too. I love Kevin, but he's not doing anything groundbreaking. Every single staff charts every piece of data from their season. They look at all of their tendencies. How did we, did we get the right guys in the right positions at the right times? If they didn't, then they want to figure out how that fell apart in season and how they can change that the next year. So, you know, this isn't, this isn't uh, inventing the forward pass level of genius at the time, but it's it's just what you want to hear. You know, some guys are stubborn, Brad, and I don't yeah. think that's Kevin's mo. He wants to evolve all the time, and yeah, he's a, his baseline is a wide zone structure, and he likes to bootleg off of it. He loves that stuff, but he doesn't want that to be the only thing the Browns can rely on. And I think we saw that as the year went on. Yeah, no question. Let me ask you this. It- when looking back at, at 2020, and this is the last time we'll do this on the show, is look back at it, how much do you think he was limited? Like, how limited were they based off of working off of Zoom? Um, you know, obviously throughout the season, the offense evolved, and we saw that mm-hmm. uh, a lot. But from from a, an, an overall step back, maybe like, a, you know, a couple thousand foot look away, like, how, how limited do you think they were last offseason as a new coach coming in and then from what you saw from them offensively? Was it really basic at the beginning? I think it was. I definitely think it was. I think they tried to really keep things as simple as they can. You, you, you got to think from, from their perspective, you know, they're not going to try to put in in the first few weeks for like the fumble ruski and stuff like that. They're, they're, they're not going to go crazy. <laughs> Right. Like they're going to be pretty bread and butter with what they do in the first few sessions because they didn't get OTAs, mini camp, all that time that they would love to get. They they that those are times in which you would put in your base stuff. They didn't get that stuff. So they get training camp and then you're hitting the ground running in week one. So I don't think we saw the version of what they could be or what they were comfortable adjusting to become until after the bye week. I think you listen to anything said in season. Uh, at, at, at around the bye week, that's where Baker talked about finding a level of comfort with Kevin based on what he was comfortable with within the offense, so on and so forth. And I think that, that at that point, I don't believe calling them limited was fair anymore. I think that there was okay. uh, there was more uh, diversity, and, and, and we'll talk about this more in depth, but there was certainly more diversity in how they approached what they wanted to do offensively after the bye. Coming up to the bye – I think they were very week to week, kind of implementing things they want to, to wanted to to be become whatever that you would traditionally hope to go in week one with, right? Now yeah. that's what the beauty is of coming back this year and those guys spending time. I talked with uh, my OBR colleague Stephen Thomas about this, which he he had texted me about 
some frustration about OTAs, which is extremely warranted that people shouldn't be worried about it because if Baker's holding this passing camp, there's no doubt they're working. Instead of doing things they did last year, kind of working on different things that uh, they didn't necessarily know about, now they know, like, hey, man, I'm going to run – you know, 829, uh, 829 Y boot. And I'm going to have you run that Y drag like that. That's the stuff that they would communicate this year. They know what to expect. And the guys they're bringing back offensively are now ingrained into who they are. And you can do more conduct. Uh, I, I should productive types of things away from OTAs. They'll get together for OTAs eventually, but you know, I wouldn't lose any sleep over the fact that they're not there together. I, I think that the, the base of who they want to be is in place now. And really, the verbiage is all tied together. Everything is where you want it to be. So then you're just kind of now hitting the ground running. And these are the changes that we want to make to become better this year kind of thing. So when you talk about those changes that we want to make to become better, this is kind of a, a – a, a, it's a, it's a strange, odd question, but do you want him to go – do you think that they'll go, like, wider or deeper? Like, will they go wider with more different stuff they do, or will they just double down on the stuff they already do but with more wrinkles and whatnot? I think we saw that they want to go wider. I think I think what you're saying is do they want to do what they do and get better at it and go deeper into what they yeah. do and, and branch everything from there. But there were elements to this offense that did that, that did not unlock portions of the field. I kind of made the point last year, I stand by it, that they were operating in the in what seemed like the red zone from all over the football field. They were just yeah. very condensed and teams didn't fear them vertically nor truly fear them horizontally either with quick speed, initial speed that can stretch a defense laterally uh, in a hurry. So I think you will see a wider base of concepts this year. Uh, I think you will see them try to push the ball downfield through a mixture of ways, not just play action, but some some basic concepts that, you know, concepts like Mills concept and, and Yankee concept. There's concepts out there that you can push the football downfield. I think we'll see some of that stuff. Uh, I, I also think that we will see – uh, more use of jet sweep, more use of uh, uh, fly sweep stuff to get the football and, and especially Anthony Schwartz hands quickly a couple times a game. So I think that there will be a wider scope of what they try to do. But I think at the same time, since there was such success with, with picking up the scheme and stuff from a virtual standpoint, that there's no reason they can't also go deeper into what they already do pretty well. So I, I think that you can get a, a, a kind of punting on the question in a sense here, but you can get a little mixture of both. Yeah. Well, one of the things that impressed me the most, uh, you know, and it really started with the Tennessee game for me is like every week, you know, going into the Tennessee game, it was always about the Browns run game, right? Their run game, their run game, their run game. And Stefanski would come out just throwing the ball all over the field. And it, it's very, you know, and like you said, everybody does the self the self scouting, right? And the mm-hmm. identifying your tendencies. I just felt like in the from that game on, or even in the second half of the season on, he did such a good job of identifying the tendencies that they were, you know, letting out or showing, and using that to their advantage, breaking tendency and really as a play caller. Is that more of a week to week thing for them? Or is that something that they can go into this offseason and build on? Um, I think they can do it in the offseason. I think they can try to look at schemes that are formations that were heavy run tendencies and how can they break those uh, if they're from 11 personnel. And I thought they got really well. They started to do well with this by the end of the season. 
and that's getting in past base formations and finding ways to successfully run the football. That's that's the biggest thing because you know what Stefanski talked about at the beginning of the season was the the the, the need to play heavier personnel packages because it keeps keeps teams in base personnel. And when you're in base personnel, typically you you lose a lot of those exotic blitz packages that are so popular in the NFL, unique ways to create pressure. So they have to get better throwing from run situations. Uh, I shouldn't say situations, from run uh, personnel groupings. And they have to continue to grow as a, as, a, as a team that can run the football out of 11 personnel. So I was really encouraged by how well they ran the football out of 11 personnel especially the Pittsburgh wildcard game. Uh, they, they said it's a pitch. You know, we need to stop trying to run the football laterally on Pittsburgh. The way they play their odd front is so difficult to run on. Yes. Let's just use our guards effectively uh, and, and pull and run power counter and some G lead schemes and pin pull and different things where we can put Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio in space and then uh, allow those guys to flourish because you have two top 10 you know, two top nine, according to Pro Football Focus, offensive guards in the NFL. You know, you got a hell yeah. of a center who can move and adjust line calls, and then you know, you really like both of your tackles. So the Browns should not be a team that pigeonholes themselves into one running structure. And I think, I think that's what Stefanski had to break above anything else. Brad was his his tendency to uh, from his Minnesota days to sort of loop in the only they, they didn't feel really comfortable with with gap schemes in in minnesota they just didn't like their their offensive line for them it was a complete adjustment for for what he wanted to do in cleveland because he has a dynamic you know group of guards you know he, when, when you can pull wyatt teller and he's so athletic in space and we all know how good joel batonio is it's like i think like week seven eight nine it started to click for him oh we we need to feature these guys as frequently as we can because we can put, we can run from. You can run gap schemes from any formation. And a big thing for me all season was that they didn't run from the gun. It was a really annoying thing to me. Like run from yes. the gun because if you're in the gun, teams think you're throwing, and your tendency's terrible. And I thought by the end of the year they started to say, okay, we should run from these personnel groupings that are screaming pass. So uh, they got there, and that's what you wanted them to do. And they and they did that by year's end. So I have this visual up here of just kind of a breakdown of what they did in 2020, right? So 11 personnel, 44% of the time, 60% pass, 40% run. 12 personnel, you know, uh, 26% of the time, 62% pass, 38% run. Uh, 21 personnel, which is obviously, uh, you know, just 7% of the time, uh, more run than pass by a little bit. But pretty equal, and then you get into your, you know, some of your heavier sets with 22 personnel, 82% run, and then only 8% of the time, but 13 personnel, 14% of the time, um, and that would, you know, I believe that's with the three tight ends on the field, right? And they run it 64% of the time. So, as you take a look at this, what do you think, if we're looking at it in 2021, that we will see differently from them this year? Well, they use tight ends and fullbacks like they 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 uh, they have the flux capacitor and go back in time in the NFL, right? That's that's the <laughs> unique thing, and they and they might get away from it. They might get away from it more this year. I think we might see them run an even higher volume of eleven personnel. I think that that okay. is a thing that we could see, but they they might try to stick with more uh, uh, more usage of of twelve and thirteen still, kind of maybe keep them at the same, but. 
the 22 personnel stuff could increase, uh, and especially 21. Uh, I think the 7 and 8% number there could could push vertically a little bit, uh, and maybe you see some 12 and 13 go down just a little bit and 11 closer to 50% or more. Yeah, uh, just because I think they really found something with Baker Mayfield there, so that that could be something we see. But I, I thought by year's end they didn't use Andy Janovich very much at all, and and I was right. kind of surprised by that. So uh, I, I would not be surprised to see it could go one of two ways, Brad. If they keep him on the roster, if they keep him on the roster, they have to use him. There's no justification for not using him. So if they end up keeping him through camp. I think that you'll see a higher usage of 21 and, and 22. But if the, I wouldn't be surprised as a, uh, if they ended up actually letting him go just because they did not find very much success uh, from those personnel groupings. And, and I think that that's a reason they dipped away from it by the end of the year. So um, th- that number sheet you have in front of you will be so interesting. And this is what I love, too. The Browns have – have gone through so many OCs and head coaches throughout the years that we don't have year-to-year analysis. So at the end right. of 2021, it'll be so fun to look back and go, man, they used a lot more 12 personnel than they did the year before, and they did not really use 13 personnel. Uh, and that's interesting. Why did that happen? We actually have some data to track why it happened, which I think is is going to be a lot of fun. I think the way they passed the ball at the end of the year uh – Jake lends itself to uh, saying that 11 personnel number would go up, um, especially with OBJ coming back. If we get a healthy OBJ, I think that would drive that number up a little bit maybe, Um, Mm -hmm. as well as, uh, like you said, the implementation, they're so multiple in their run game, and you you said that you wanted to see them run out of the shotgun more. Well, they started to do that a little bit, as you mentioned, but you would do that in 11 personnel a lot of time, right? Or you could. Well, yeah, you want, you don't want to run from the gun in, in situations that aren't productive to run from the gun. I mean, right. uh, it, like if you have multiple tight ends on the field, you probably want to put them in line a little bit more, put them in the wing, and it's like I'd rather get my running back started downhill. And usually you, if you're going 12 personnel, you're not going 12 personnel on a third and eight, you know what I'm saying, when they would right. get it done a little bit. So. There's there's some of that um, some of that stuff going on there, but I, it's it's going to be fascinating for sure because they started to throw a lot of um, a lot more on Baker's plate by the end of the year, and I think it's I yes. think it's by design. They wanted to see what they had with him, it's, and and they they knew they couldn't wait any longer. They had to put it on his shoulders. If they ended up losing, they ended up losing, but they, they needed to see if he could handle it. And uh, he was able to handle it. So there could be a a higher volume of throwing this year in general, and there could be a higher volume of 11 personnel because of that, because, because they can, they can uh, interchange, you know, you, you you can interchange Schwartz and Landry and and potentially Odell if he's healthy. And then you want to get Richard Higgins on the field too. So, uh, they, they have an interesting uh, dilemma, I guess is the right word for it, with getting their wide receiver group on the field, but also really liking their tight ends and David and Harrison and Austin and trying to find roles for those guys too. Not a, not a huge deal, but let me ask you this. You mentioned you thought that maybe the 21 personnel and the 22 personnel might go up a little bit in there. Is that because potentially you think that they find a way to use Chubb and Hunt together? in 2021 because they've been very reluctant to do that in 2020 
Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's a. Yeah. It's we saw some of it with Freddie Kitchens, and it was kind of exciting. But you know, if you're going to keep two of those guys on the field, one of them has to block, and neither of those guys are in the NFL because they right. block. So it's like. I just point. don't. I think they. I think they were under ten snaps together last year. I don't. I don't yeah. see them playing together uh, it, it much at all. They could do some little week by week wrinkles that that can involve some play action and put Kareem against a linebacker somewhere, motion him out of the backfield. They could do that, you know, because if you play twenty one, you're definitely going to keep teams in base personnel and you're probably going to unfold coverage. If you take a running back and put him in the outside, if a corner goes with him, you're going to get you're going to get zone. If a linebacker goes with him you're 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 going to get man to man some of that is advantageous and they do motion running backs out often uh so if they do it in any capacity it's not going to be like split back with kareem and and nick behind the the baker mayfield under center or even i would be surprised if it was split back uh you know split back from the gun i i just think that they would motion one of those guys out you won't see both of them in the backfield and you won't see one of them blocking for the other very often that would be a huge huge change compared to what they did last year i just think they like shuffling those two guys getting them keeping them uh you know rested and ready to go for when they do enter the game we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Makes sense to me, and and yeah, you're absolutely right. They're not really there to block, so unless you use them like they, I think they did once in the red zone where they used uh, Hunt as like a decoy out in the flat, and yep. then sent Chubb the other way. But like that would be an effective way to use them. But if you're lining it up and asking one of them to block for the other one, that doesn't really seem ideal, as you said. Uh, you're watching All Eyes on Cleveland special guest tonight, Jake Burns of the OBR in the OBR film breakdown, the great. Jake Burns uh, talking evolution of the Browns offense. So you talked a little bit about the run game. You think that we'll see some more gap schemes mixed with the zone scheme, uh, run scheme. Let's talk about the pass game. Uh, So OBJ coming back, the addition of Schwartz, you know, Felton potentially on the roster. They've added some speed, and, and if OBJ comes back, that's some more speed. You know, we know they need to unlock the deeper portion of the field, as you said, it's almost like they're playing in the red zone all year, right? So how do they do that? And what do you think that – what's the evolution of the pass game in 2021? Uh, I think they're going to try to find ways to push the ball vertically, uh, whether that's, like I said, whether that's off play action or whether that's some other way of, of, of uh, different cross-field concepts 
They are going to try to unlock sideline to sideline. They're going to try to unlock vertical, uh, take more shots downfield. Baker Mayfield is one of the league's more accurate 20-yard downfield throwing quarterbacks. So that's a level of his game that you need to be taking advantage of. Somehow, some way, whatever that uh, whatever that way is for you, find a way to do it. They'll use Anthony yeah. horizontally. They'll use Anthony vertically. Uh, I do expect them, as the guys are more comfortable in this system now, to, 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 to threaten teams deep uh, more often. I, I, I certainly think that there's timing stuff that has to happen there that they didn't get enough of to feel great about all year. Uh, so I, I do. I don't know that there's any one perfect wrinkle answer, but I th- I just think that they drafted Anthony Schwartz with one key idea in mind. This guy can run. He can run laterally and beat people around the perimeter, and he can run vertically, and we think he can be a really dangerous vertical weapon. So that is a thing, and I, I'm not some genius on this. I think everybody watched it and understands that they have to take advantage of the deep portions of the field because teams walking up in their face and playing man free with just a single high safety and manning up everybody underneath it was a real problem. I continue to say it's been months now. Go back and watch the AFC division game with Kansas City and look at the difficulty of throws Baker Mayfield had to make, the types of windows he had to fit throws into, as opposed to what Patrick Mahomes was dealing with. It's, it's night and day. It's night yeah. and day. They need to make life on Baker easier in those situations. And teams that like to do that stuff, Kansas City, uh, Buffalo will do it. The Baltimore Ravens like to do it. You better find answers. And I think they're seeking out answers to those issues. Now, uh, real quickly, as far as the, the passing game goes, let's focus on Baker for a minute. The evolution of Baker Mayfield is a big part of the evolution of this offense. They found some things that they like a lot for what for what baker does and as you said they really put more on his shoulders as we got to later in the season obviously you think we see more of that right featuring baker and and letting him uh you know shine a little bit more in this offense than we did maybe earlier in the season uh where it was more basic and more run dependent and also what what things do you really like baker doing that you think they expand on Good question. Uh, they're, they're in a position where uh, they don't have to force that from Baker. They could. Listen, Brad, they could just say, yeah. hey, we want to put everything we have here into Baker and just let him let him be the reason we win or fail. Just would yeah. be a little bit asinine to me, but they could. They would, will be, play yeah. teams, they would play teams throughout the year who are weak run defense teams, and that's just the nature of football. There's got to be some good and there's got to be some bad. And they have an ability to throw the football or run it pretty effectively. So I do think there are going to be weeks where they run all over teams. Dallas, for example, last year. Washington, for example. The first Cincinnati game. Uh, they, 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 The Eagles, the Texans, the teams that they put it on through the running game, they're going to take advantage of those teams. If they're playing teams with hor- horrendous run defenses that it to, to sit there going into a game and say, well, we'd rather have Baker go win this game for us. That's just a really silly way to think. And I don't think they will yeah. do that. So there will be games where they're going to get out in front of people and they're going to run the ball effectively. And Baker might throw for 180 yards, but they're winning. And that's what they care about. Now they know that when it gets to playoff football time, most teams that make the playoffs are good run defenses. It's just the nature of the business that you have to be able to stop the run. And most do, so you need Baker ready. There will be 10 or more games in a now 17-game schedule where Baker will have to be the reason to do that, that, that they go in and win football games. They will put pressure on him. 
Uh, but the, they don't need to go into every game saying Baker has to carry us to a win. That's the luxury of what they have built here is that they have a different way to win week to week. You know, some teams are truly pigeonholed into we can only run the football effectively. Some teams are pigeonholed into we can't really run it that well. Think of Pittsburgh last year. We can't run it that well, so we try to throw it quickly and get the football out. And it works sometimes, but then it gets to crunch time, and it doesn't always work. So the Browns have the ability to do different things, which is a great part of the 2021 version. And obviously it was a great part of 2020 as well. So uh, that that's, that's where I'm at with it. Baker's just got to keep doing his thing. He's got to keep making sharp decisions. He's got to keep getting his eyes to the right place. He started to show a calmness when his eyes had to go from one place to the other last year, way better than 2019. You need yeah. to see that continue. You need to see him continuing to process from the pocket without getting that panicked feeling and bailing out. He got better at it last year. He took strides. I thought he was really, really care careful about his footwork, his play-action commitment. I was really bummed about that from him in 2019. But he took time, effort, thought, study, and figured out how he needed to work his body on play action fakes to sell things. I thought he got I thought he got back to the minor details in 2020. I expect him now having seen what failure looks like in 2019 and knowing the work it takes to have his body right, to have his mental right in 2020 to carry that into the future of his career. I felt like by the end of the season the game had started to slow down for him some. And that is what you want to see. He has the arm talent, uh, but he does not have the crazy Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson type of athleticism. So he has to win with his mind and his right arm. That's how he's going to have to win. There are times where he can get out of the pocket and make some throws on the run. That's nice. He can do it. But he should never think that that's a big part of who he is. And if he does that, uh, it's a dangerous path for him to go down. So he needs to continue to work with the right offensive mind, which he finally has in place. You know, look at Brad, look at the guys who have been really successful for a long time as a yeah. quarterback. They find a guy to work with. There's Sean Payton, there's Josh McDaniels that sticks with them. The scheme stays the same. They know their own scheme so well that worry they don't worry about what they're doing. They worry about how they can do things to manipulate defenses and get guys open. That's what you need to see. And I think they have that play in place now. And that is the biggest reason to feel optimistic about Baker. So um, yeah, Anthony Schwartz will help. The continuity with Rashard Higgins is always there. Now, what is it? This would be year three or four, 18, 19, 20, 21. This is year four with, with Jarvis Landry. Uh, that's real, man. He has real chemistry with those people. OBJ, we hope he comes back healthy, and he'll have a role when he does, and they'll try to get that thing figured out too. And and it's just rare, Brad. It's rare to see skill position guys. Baker's going into year four. Think about it. Year four with Higgins, Nick Chubb. David Njoku, Jarvis Landry, these guys know each other. They know everything yeah. about the football lot. That's that's a college career he spent with these guys. That's you yeah. know it's a high school career. You start to really know your guys at that point. So that you what you hope is uh, that they can roll that into some really successful tweaks, adjustments, and and unlocking with Anthony Schwartz having some fun stuff there, unlocking even better version of what what I think was a really good uh, uh, offense last season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jake Burns from the OBR and the OBR Film Room breakdown here on All Eyes on Cleveland on a Wednesday night. Uh, last thing for you here, Jake, while we're on the topic of Baker, this is from Bleacher Report. Okay, This is Bleacher Report's projections 
for Mayfield in 2021. Now, remember, you know, we go to 17 games this year uh, as well. So that uh, affects it. Uh, thoughts in re- let me get your reaction to what this is too high, too low, right on the money. What do you think here? Um, what's, what's the completion percentage look like there? I'm an English major, so I, I don't know oh, that boy. off the top of my head. It's it, 327 <laughs> out of 502. Let me get that for you. Real yeah, quick. I'll, I'll start yapping. I think that is a fine area to feel safe with. You want him to have his interceptions down below. Uh, down below the 10 number, and you would like to see him push to the 30-35 touchdown mark and 4,000 yards. So that if he's throwing for 4,000 yards, he's throwing for 30 touchdowns, he's keeping his interception total down below 10. When you mix that in with, uh, you know, I'm not trying to make you do any hard math or anything crazy there, but if you mix that in with his running approach, I think that you definitely see, should see plenty of offensive success because they run the ball well enough that it shouldn't matter. So um, that's a, that's a really nice sweet spot right there. I don't think he needs to throw forty touchdowns in, in a given season, right? With the way, I mean, they just have skill at the offensive positions that that many teams don't. You know, the Bills don't have Nick Chubb. Kansas City doesn't have Nick Chubb. So if he completes sixty five point one percent of his passes, throws for four thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, seven interceptions, Nick Chubb runs for fourteen, fifteen, sixteen hundred yards. Kareem runs for his uh, six, seven, eight hundred. That's a great offense, guys. Like that's a really great offense. So you don't need Baker to go crazy down the line. And you got to think of it this way. And people are just like so caught up in this. You know, think about how Ben Roethlisberger was brought along slowly before the offense turned over to the point that he had to be the guy. Same for for Drew Brees. The same for, uh, you know, early in his career, Peyton Manning, when he had Marshall Falk and then into Edron James. You know, it's slow. It's a slow process of bringing a guy along. Not all guys are just going to, you know, Pat Mahomes and him from day one be this elite quarterback. It can happen in different – it's not a linear thing. It's It's not always the same for everybody. So, like, Baker can get there, just they're doing a great job of surrounding him with talent, and it would just be so silly not to use that talent around him when they can't. They need to use Nick Chubb. They need to use Kareem Hunt. And you can say, well, Baker's got an easy job. Well, that's cool. Someday he won't have Nick Chubb. Someday he won't have Kareem Hunt. And then he will have to be the burden carrier. And at that point, he's had five, six, seven years of great quarterback play that he can then take it to another level because that's what guys do. Guys can find another level at that position. So that's the hope. The hope here is that they have, they've done such a nice job with him. You know, they've done such a nice job with him, surrounding him now with talent, that he can just be – he can fit in. Just fit in, do your job, and in games where they need you to take over and make plays, make those plays. And then down the line, when he gets better and better, as he's seen more exposure and more exposure and more exposure to NFL defenses – he can be the big the big reason why you're winning games. He's he's got that ability, I think. And if you you're patient with him down the line, that can happen. I expect them to start broaching a, con- a contract extension after this season when they see what he looks like. And this, if he puts up numbers like that, he's going to get another deal. He should. He sh- he's he's more than he's more than good enough to win games with in the NFL. And I think he will get to the point that he can be the reason your offense is winning games. So that's where I'm at with Baker right now. 
Another huge shout-out to Brad for having me on his show, All Eyes on Cleveland. Make sure you subscribe to that podcast as well as this one. I am apologizing once again for no fresh, truly fresh weekend content. I'm going to try to make sure I get those recorded earlier in the week so that if we have someone has something come up on Friday, we're not left behind for the weekend. Hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend with your family. Enjoy your time. It's not very not very hot here in Ohio. We were hoping for a little bit weather, uh, better weather, but we did not get the better weather we were hoping for. So whatever you do, make sure you uh, enjoy it, I guess. you know, Make sure you enjoy it. I'm going to try to enjoy mine. Till next time, till next week, go Browns.